Bloody, bloody welcome, legends. Welcome, everybody. Episode number 173 of the Average Man podcast. Fresh, fresh from inside after burning the crap out of the crackling on the pork. I just spent a couple of hours on this afternoon. Devastated, mate, would be an understatement. I was spewing. I just saw a, a pork recipe, Chinese pork recipe, on my Instagram that I'd saved like a month or two ago. And I thought, yes, I'll give that one a crack today. So I went down the shops, got all the ingredients for it, had most of the stuff. I had to get the pork and a few other bits and pieces. And came back, knocked it all up, the, 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 the base for it, sat the crackle down in there, sat, through, uh, sat the pork down in there, threw it in the, in the oven and let it, let it in there for an hour and a half and came back and it just wasn't, the crackle was not cooking. It just was, it was ages off. It would have taken another 40 minutes to, for it to start crackling up and like the meat would dry out. So I thought, what is going on with this oven? Obviously, I'm not at my house. I'm actually at my parents' house at the moment. So like, you know, they've got a good oven. It's a new oven, but it's not the oven I'm used to. So I chucked it on the top shelf and put the, the grill on um, and then started attending to the brisket. So I just seared the outside of all the brisket in the pan. That was ready to go into the dish to be covered in alfoil to go into the oven on slow and on a low and slow temperature once the pork was done. And while I was attending to that, I started smelling burning. I thought, oh, what is that burning? Looked at the oven, smoke starting to creep out of the top of the oven, opened it up and just smoke billowed out and it would just burn the top of the pork to a crisp, like real quick. I'm obviously used to my oven, gas oven. I had a gas oven back in Port Hedland. And this thing just like so the oven itself didn't cook anywhere near as well or as quick as my gas oven did. And then the the grill just fried this thing, man. I was spewing. I was like, you bastard. So I pulled it out, had to go open a bunch of doors and stuff in the house to stop the smoke from setting the fire alarm off. Left the door open for a bit for the oven to lose some heat and turn it down to 120. Put my brisket in, closed that up. Then I started to. Um, then I had the sauce left over from the pork. I'd pulled the pork out of the out of the dish it was in. Then I was going to fry that down to as a reduction to pour over the top of the the pork. And I sat that on the on the stove. And then I went over and started banging the top of the burnt cracker with a knife and scratching it off to, as best I, as I could to to you know sort of revive this thing and get some life out of it and while I was doing that I took my eye off the reduction and that burnt to a crisp as well and I was just like oh I'm on a roll now I'm stuffing everything up managed to scratch off most of the burnt crackling and it's definitely not what I wanted it to be but it it does taste really nice the pork itself it soaked up all those flavors from that um sauce you know that I'd the base that I'd put down below it really juicy and tender and everything but just so disappointing that the crackle got mangled like that and it doesn't look the right it doesn't look the part and it is kind of crunchy but not yeah just it's not right it's not what i wanted was what i was going for and i had to throw the reduction out that was burnt to like a big black plate in the middle of the frying pan so pork was like a fail but kind of managed to to pull it you know redeem it so that's edible and quite nice but was disappointing i wanted it to be you know, just like the bloody, just like the one the chef cooked on the Instagram reel I was I was following. 
Um, maybe have to try that one again next week. So I've got the brisket in the oven now at 120 degrees for probably two hours, and I'll check it, see how it's going, see if it goes for another hour or two after that. I don't know. I don't know this oven. I have no faith left in what I think I know about heats at the moment. So we'll just play this one one by ear. But I do not want to lose the brisket as well. That will be be a very bad Sunday if that happens. So, yeah, I had to vent to get that off my chest. That was, uh, I dedicated the whole afternoon to this meat, you know. So, uh, at least there's something, you know, like I said, we redeemed it. It's edible. It's quite tasty. Um, and if I can nail the brisket, I'll, I'll be able to put this behind me and move on with my life. So we'll see how that goes. <sighs> what a what a time. What a bloody time for comedy, mate. I've been... Checking out the new comedy specials that dropped since Christmas. Uh, one was Dave Chappelle and the other was Ricky Gervais, and they were both so good, just brutal, so different. Um, you know, I wouldn't say I, that that either of them were their best specials. Definitely, the Ricky one's not as good as his uh, Humanity. A couple of you know, whatever it was now, four or five years ago, four years ago, and Superhuman last year or the year before. But it's still good. Still some great bits in there. You know, not every special you put out is going to be your best special. Um, that's not not really you know realistic. But it's good. It's really good. Funny. He's so he's so inappropriate. Um, and it's so funny because he's very left wing leaning. And you know, I think he's a vegan and he's very much into animal rights and and you know very much on that side of the political spectrum. But he's anti woke which is cool. So he goes after all the woke shit and uh, the ridiculousness of the whole transgender realm, um, pronouns and all the bullshit that goes on with that. So he goes hard in the pain and all that sort of stuff, which is quite, quite funny. And he, and he sort of um, he broke into the making jokes about the handicapped this special, which was, which was f- f- friggin' hilarious because Dave Chappelle did the same thing. So he's kind of been going after the trans, not going after, but had a, a thing with the transgenders over the last couple of years, made jokes about them. The community jumped up and down about it and basically said, you cannot say that, you're, you're this and you're that, and you're a bigot and you're blah, blah, and you joke about everything else in the world, but you can't joke about us. Which is what happened with Ricky Gervais as well. And they've just gone, far fuck you, yes we can, watch us. But um, they both sort of moved away from that in this special um, for a bit of a refreshing take. And, and it was quite funny. They both landed on taking the piss out of the handicapped community, the disabled community, or whatever you're supposed to call them now. So, you know, and I'm sure there's plenty of people in that community that are not petals and can laugh at themselves. And, you know, you're included in the conversation. Once someone's taking the piss out of you, you're included in the conversation. You know, you're, you're, you're normal. You're part of the culture, you know. So that's the way I look at it. Both great. Definitely check them out. And just so, so inspiring. I, I, I love stand-up comedy. Really do. I just think it's so important because it pushes the boundaries. You know, it's, they're the gatekeepers of what we can and can't talk about. We're told what we can't talk about continually, all the time. Can't say this, can't say that, can't talk about this. That's taboo. Have to have this point of view. Can't attack these kind of things. And it gets very, very restrictive, you know. And without these guys and girls pushing the boundary and saying outlandish shit and coming under fire for it, you know, it we would be able to talk about less and less very, very rapidly. That would disappear what we could, you know, our free speech rights. 
it would be a far more serious and restricted society and culture, I believe, that we would be living in. So these guys and girls really are out in the front line pushing the boundary. And a lot of stand-ups talk about that now, how with all this restrictive culture and restriction of speech, you know, speech and, 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 and sharing of, you know, restriction of sharing of ideas from certain ideological, ideological parties, um, it, it, it's like stand-up is dangerous again. They're out there pushing boundaries again. You know, it's not just saying shocking things to shock people for the sake of it. It's not just kind of, you, you know, it's not mundane, humor, finding humour in just the mundane. Some people just do everyday humour and I like that sort of stuff too. I think it's great. But these guys who are doing, it doesn't even have to be political but cultural-based comedy and are saying the things you're not supposed to, you know, talking about the things you're not supposed to talk about. I think they're so important. I think they're so important and I'm so glad they're out there doing it. I've got a massive respect for them, you know, and it's just good to have a good belly laugh and the more taboo and the more inappropriate is the thing that you talk about, you know, the more power they give to you because the funnier it is. It just becomes funnier and funnier when you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he said that. It's it's brilliant, you know. I, I love it. I really do love it. Um, and I just, especially the greats, man. You know, your Dave Chappelle's, Ricky Gervais's, um, your Bill Burr's, your um, Louis C.K., uh, new guy that's come out. Um, um, oh, what's his name? Shane. Shane. Oh, I'm blanking on his name. He's hilarious. There's, there's a bunch of cats who are just hilarious, man. So good at what they do. Um, beautiful Dogs is the other guy's. Stand up comedy. I'm just blank on his name for some reason. Um, it's right there, it's at the tip of my tongue. Anyway, great comedy, man. And I just love it. You know, a lot of comedians actually do annoy me. Like, I want to just enjoy it all, but a lot of the American comedians, like, this, their Americanisms just kind of annoy me. Um, and I can't watch a lot of it. Um, there is huge parts of the American stand up cult, uh, com- uh, stand up comedy culture that I, I can't get in into but I am so into heaps of it man heaps of it um especially the greats and there's some great Aussie ones as well I mean Jim Jeffries is a great stand-up comic kind of a bloke like real 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 piece of shit in my opinion I'm not down with him as a human um he's done some really shady stuff um but um, I won't go into that. You can figure it out for yourself. His his, his his tactics of twisting people's words around in interviews and making them look like uh, a bad guy because they have a different uh, a different uh, political or ideological opinion to himself is really low, in my opinion. Um, and I think he hijacks the Australian bogan culture just for comedy's sake, but that's not really who he is. And I understand playing a part, but I think that he despises those people that he pretends to be and he's not isn't honest about the fact that he's playing a part, playing a you know a role. So, um, you know, but he is funny. I do enjoy his stand up comedy. Carl Barron, he's funny. There's a bunch of guys out there, guys I follow on Instagram now. These these Aussie stand up comedy comics. I think it's great, man. I think it's great, and I bloody well love it. And if you've been following my Instagram page, you would have noticed I've been trying to put out a little bit of a a bit of a joke kind of once a week or so because I like. I like participating. I like, you know, having a cra- – I'm always writing things down anyway. Sometimes I think that's a funny concept to see if I can make it funny. So I'm trying my hand at, at telling a few jokes on the on the, the podcast, Instagram podcast page as well. And I'm just going to try and keep moving forward with that and see, see where it goes. But, um, yeah, definitely check out those two stand-ups, man. They're, they're absolutely great. Absolutely great. <clears throat> um, 
the social media comment, uh, stand-ups is a funny thing. Like you can put heaps of content out on there and guys do. And, and if you get popular on there, you know, you can really drum up a quite a big following. Uh, even though there's so many people who are huge already, you know, there's still so much space for growth, growth online for people. It's, it's, a, it's a real funny world, the social media, like, influencer, you know, very, very strange entity, ones who we don't know what they do. Like, there's so many guys there and guys and girls, especially probably you know, mostly girls, who are social media influencers, and we know nothing about them, nothing about them except that they appear to have the lives that people want to live. You know, there's no context. Who, who are you? Where did you come from? What have you done? How many of you are there? And then all of a sudden they're brand ambassadors and, you know, giving you tips to how to start your day and, you know, life hacks and this and that. And they're, they're influencers and they've got millions of followers making millions of dollars. And it's like, who the fuck is this person? You know, what? You know, and quite often, you know, it is because they look the part. So very, very strange world out there. But that's one thing I really also like about the about uh, stand-up comedy is it doesn't matter what you look like it's it's it, or who you are it's is it funny is it funny if it's funny people are down with it you know if it's not well, you got to get better and that's one thing that you definitely don't get the interpretation of on instagram was that funny did people enjoy it were they laughing you don't know they could have just watched it laughed and moved on um they might have clicked like they might not have you know they may have not liked it but not given you any feedback so you're just not sure it's not the same as having a live audience but it is still working and getting those jokes together and putting them up online and you know get your name out there so there's definitely pros and cons to to people who put a lot of their material up on on instagram but i think you have to when you when you're when you're on the come up these days to get a bit of a following going it's um yeah, it's a funny old world out there, and it's the social media influencer thing is is as we just spoke about very strange. And the other side of that, you know, for women is is essentially social media influencers, or even not even influencers, but women on social media sort of automatically have the option of having an OnlyFans. But and I think I feel like that. In recent years, that and dating apps, I think that and Tinder, which I've never been a part of, but I've heard other people speaking about this and it makes sense to me. I feel like OnlyFans and like dating apps, Tinder, where it's the the ratios are so upside down, like women just have their pick of, you know, I don't know if it's hundreds of guys or thousands of guys, I don't know what sort of numbers they're dealing with on there, but let's just say dozens and dozens of guys. You know, they have their pick of these guys and there's few women on there. So they really are in control of that whole dynamic. And then, you know, the women can get OnlyFans pages and very, 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 like, super average women have OnlyFans pages with thousands of supporters making money on it. And I just feel like it's created this whole class of, I don't want to be rude, but super average girls walking around like their shit doesn't stink man and it's like nobody's humble anymore you know because if you're a female you can always you can find as much attention as you want on instagram you are in control of the dating game because the numbers are phenomenally upside down in their favor um you know, that one, when i heard people speaking about that i thought that makes a lot of sense as well like 
Back in the day, you know, it was always, the odds were always spun in the female's direction. But when you're forced into social interactions with people, it it evens the playing field out a little bit more. When you're just looking at a bio of someone, a picture and a little description or whatever, the females are going to get hits nonstop because blokes are just animals. They just and 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 the guy that wouldn't normally go up to a girl and talk to her is just going to sw- is going to hit, you know, like whatever it is, click. I don't know if you swipe up or whatever the fucking I don't know the terminology. I've never used one of those apps, but they're going to choose to engage with that girl when they wouldn't have otherwise done so in a real life situation. So these women are just inundated with options, and and I guess it just it's created this whole class of woman who just. They just there is no humility anymore, and and so much more younger women with like duck face going on. Women who are twenty with girls really who are twenty with you know the the full collagen lips and and some other shit going on. I don't know a whole lot about that world. My my missus can pick it really easily and tell me what they've had done, what they've got in, and shit like that. It's just like fuck, man, you're so young. I thought that was an old ladies' game. Like when you get older, you start pumping shit in your face to try and you know relive some of your glory days. But these girls are just going straight for the fucking put some shit in my face, like because they want to look like what they see. On Instagram, which is, as we know, super filtered. So it's a very strange world. Very strange world. And I just, I'm getting old, man. I'm 40 years old. I've got kids and shit. And I just, I just feel myself repelling further and further and further away from that culture. But it's so funny because what I'm doing with the podcast, I need to stay present and engage on social media. If it wasn't for the podcast, you'd barely see me on there. I got my, my my personal page, which you know, I put stuff on about myself and about my family and you know, you know places we've been. That's really about it. It's it's you know I might post once every couple of weeks, and I didn't even post on there for several years. For a couple of years at a time, I was just doing the, the average man podcast page. But I really would just be a very very casual user. I only started using Facebook again solely for well one marketplace and trying to buy a caravan and a few other like market you know, like the sites that you use on there. But as far as using it as a social, you know, engagement tool, I only use it for the podcast. I only use it for the podcast. And I would be withdrawn from this whole world quite a bit if it wasn't for the podcast. But I do have to stay kind of present on here um, to try and build things up. But I just find myself like repelling from it much more as I get older, the whole weird culture and... Yeah, man, it's a, it's a weird time that my kids are going to grow up in. So I hope that this trip around Oz can give them a good dose of reality, being outside, talking to people, having to develop, you know, like personality and become having to become interesting to get attention rather than just like looking a certain way, having an, a certain image that, you know, that's always been a thing, have a certain image, get a certain amount of attention, but the amount of attention that comes back your way for having this, the the, you know, uh, approved image on social media these days is just overwhelming. So the, the feedback loop is really kind of fucked up. So, yeah, it's a weird world for kids to grow up in, man, and I just, yeah, to, you got to figure out how to navigate that as a parent. You cannot stick your head in the sand and just hope it's not going to affect your family because it sure as fuck will. So definitely dealing with that as a as a forty year old dude at the moment.
I'm glad things have slowed down now after Christmas, mate. Today is Sunday. It's officially in the way I've framed it for us is is today is officially the last day of the holiday. Tomorrow's like back to work. I'm doing some some work like things. I have been through the whole holidays actually. I've been doing shit on the car and the van and bits and pieces. But tomorrow's kind of like you know stop drinking during the week. Not going out to the pub for lunch. You know. Um, yeah, stop spending money and accept on a few things for the kids. You know, take them to balance, take them to time zone, a few, a few bits and pieces like that. But really need to just rein that right in because the amount of money we've spent in the last three weeks is nothing short of disgusting and terrifying when you don't have a job. So, you know, I knew it was going to be bad, probably worse than I anticipated. <sighs> Maybe not, but it's just more. It is worse than I anticipated. And it's also scarier than I thought when you don't have any more money coming in. I'm not going back to work tomorrow to start making money again. So it's just like that. What you've got's what you got, dude. Um, but that's just something we need to get used to, uh, you know, the idea that we're going to spend the money, that the money that I'm looking at in our account, we're going to spend, be spending it. That's what we're going to be doing while we're not working. So, you know, we're going to have to swallow that pill at some point and just get over it. But I am ready to slow things down, man. Start doing a few cash jobs, make a little bit of coin to to ease the pain of this holiday period. You know what I mean? Um, hopefully, I don't have to travel too far for any work. I don't think I do. I've got work sort of within ten, twenty minutes of of the home home that I'm you know, where I'm home based for now. Because I'll tell you what, Perth's pre, Perth's freeway fucking sucks, dude. It sucks. Freeway from north to south is like eighty kilometers all the way to the city, and constant. Roadworks and that that is not a freeway, man. That's not a freeway. Eighty kilometers an hour. It's so shit. It takes you so long to get anywhere. Roadworks and the cars are so fucking close and jammed into each other. And then other highways like Marmion and Ave and Wanneroo Road and other places. It's like seventy k's an hour, sixty to seventy k's an hour on those roads. They're supposed to be made. They're double dual carriageway highways. They're supposed to be main roads. They're sixty to seventy k's an hour for most of the like huge swaths of air, of of you know of road. It's like, what the fuck, man? Why do you have to go so slow in this city? When I was a young fella, 60Ks an hour was what you do on the back streets in the suburbs. Now it's 50 and 40 in a lot of places. And that's 60. They're making you do that on a double dual carriage highway, you know, through long stretches throughout Port Perth now, which is just fucking bananas, man. So much control in this fucking state, man. WA is always slowing everything down and just, oh, we're not quite sure. Let's just, nah, we'll back off a little bit. Now we'll put another rule in here. We'll put another fucking, yeah, we'll put a bit more, uh, have a bit more control over this situation. Just, the residents here just cop, like, look what happened through COVID, man. Just the strictest conditions. And the, the residents here just cop everything that's forced on them with no complaint. There's no uprising. There's no, like, fucking, hey, fuck you. We don't like all the restrictions. We don't like our freedoms being taken away from us. We don't like having to drive like grandmas around the whole fucking city to get anywhere. We don't like all the fucking, you know, you you can't go here on this beach and can't go to this park and you can't fucking, you know, when COVID was around, all of those restrictions couldn't leave this area. Wear masks. They're still still telling people to wear masks in hospitals in Western Australia. You know, the the restrictions here and the control is just so intense and it just gradually gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And people just don't do anything. They just fucking cop it. They just 
deal with, oh yeah, okay, I'll fucking just, one less thing I'm not allowed to do in my life now. So fuck that, man. Like, you gotta, you gotta fucking jump up and down and make some noise and just cop everything on the chin. So just complacent. It's such a complacent attitude to life. Okay, people want to tell us what we can and can't do. I guess that's what's happening now. It's like, only because you fucking let it, only because we're letting it as a group of people. <sighs> so I don't know, man. I just, you need to make noise. Where are the people, like, you know, in, Places like Northern Territory, they've got Jacinta Price who, who, who makes um, a lot of noise and stands up for what she believes and, and, and um, you know, has a lot of backing and support. In Queensland, they have um, Senator, Senator um, uh, uh, Malcolm Roberts who's making a lot of noise about a lot of different topics. I spoke about him on the podcast recently. Um, you know, I don't know who's in New South Wales. Definitely, uh, I mean, I know there's Rebel News. There's, there's Avi Yemeni in Melbourne making a lot of noise over there. You know, he's not a politician, but he's making a lot of noise in the media, and you need these people. But who the fuck do you have in Perth? Oh, I mean, maybe there's someone, but I'm not aware of them. I would like to be aware of them. Who the WA representative, you know, for the so the counterculture movement, which would now be what was the establishment, like you know, the, the counterculture movement. Like, who's the who's the face of it in WA? Who's the spokesperson for that here? Who's saying, hey, enough's enough, enough bullshit. Hey, stop pushing us around. Stop fucking holding us back with all the fucking laws. Like, stop let, making us wait a couple of years later for things that they get in in the eastern states. Stop, you know. Just with all the regulations that we get over here, wait a while. It's a joke. WA is called wait a while because everything's just fucking everything's behind the rest of the country, and the rest of the country is already the rest, behind the rest of the Western world. So, who is the spokesperson over here jumping up and down, making noise, and, and getting some support? I don't know who it is. So they're not very loud. I would like to know. If you know who it is, tell me who it is. Tell me who it is, and I'll fucking follow, follow them and start listening to their shit and, and try and give as much support as I can. I don't know who's having those conversations over this side of the country. So, yeah, I'll do my best to have them on this podcast. Remember, I'm just a dumbass chippy. Ooh, actually, I'm a dumbass builder now. I'm a dumbass builder. So I don't really, I'm not the guy. Maybe I'm not the guy, but I'll just, I'll do, you know, I'll fill the void while there's no one else there. How about that? Yeah, so much fucking control. It frustrates me. It frustrates me. Even things like stem cell research is just non-existent in Australia. Marijuana. We're behind the eight ball with marijuana legalisation. Even CBD. CBD is now approved for therapeutic use. Well, it's approved for use um, without a, you know, over the it's approved for over-the-counter sales is what I'm trying to get at. So you don't need a prescription for it. You can go into a pharmacy and buy CBD. Sweet. Lovely. The problem is the TGA are going to take another. They've already been. They've already sat on this for like a year and a half, two years. They're going to take another two years, apparently, at least, to approve companies f- to to sell CBD. CBD. They can approve. It's going to take another. another talking like four year time period to approve a couple of companies to sell CBD over the counter. And think about how quickly they fucking said, yeah, everybody get the fucking vaccination. Like, what the fuck, man? It's CBD, it doesn't even get you high. And it's now legal. The government said it's legal. The TGA just gone, hold on, hold on. We just need to make sure whoever is providing the CBD is of a reputable 
nature and that all the boxes are checked. Fuck, fuck, bro. Why is it taking you so long? Approve it. Approve it, man. You've had two years already, you useless pricks. These are the people that hold us up, man. They're finally starting to do, you know, studies, um, clinical controlled, you know, studies with uh, psilocybin mushroom. I'm not a bit sure about LSD. I think MDMA and and definitely ketamine and a few other substances over here in Australia now. Like, finally. But I just have such a... Lately, I've got such a jaded opinion on when that's actually going to be available for us. Like, how long are these fucking pricks going to take? And then when the government says, okay, finally, when how long are these other TGA fuckers going to hold us back for? You know what I mean? And it's not going to be profitable for large pharmaceutical companies, so there's going to be no push behind it, man, which just pisses me off. I think that's a problem with marijuana and CBD is that it's not... You can't patent it, so they they can't have a monopoly on it. So it's going to be you know they can't control who makes the shit. It's not going to be hugely profitable for the big pharmaceutical players. So they're just like eh, you just fucking sit in the background and maybe eventually it'll get fucking passed. Meanwhile, people are like in need of that those medications and they're just looking for ways to line their fucking pockets instead. It's so fucking annoying, it's so fucking backwards, it's so twisted and, and I just feel more and more, I don't want to be a tinfoil hack guy, I don't want to be a conspiracy guy But how many things have to happen in sequence for us to go, what the fuck, shady things are happening Why, why do our government insist on telling us to eat food that's bad for us? Why do they insist on that? Why, why? Is there no studies being done on these, like, you know, guys guys who have all this new information about um, the best way to, to treat your body, how, what to eat, the best you know, ways to avoid heart disease, which is like the biggest killer of fucking people in the country, heart disease. We were so worried about COVID-19, the pandemic, and heart disease kills way more people every single year consistently, and they're doing nothing. There's all this new research out there. There's guys like fucking Dr. Peter Atia, um, fucking Gary Brecker. Um, there's heaps of guys who've got all this information on heart disease and heart health and the things you can do for your, you know, physically you can do, things you can eat. You know, the old way we were taught about eating is so fucking backwards. They're talking about getting people off statins. And then we've got all these doctors just going, yeah, you got your fucking cholesterol's high, you can eat some margarine, get on a statin. And then and you hear the scientists and the guys at the forefront of these fucking fields saying, hey, no, this isn't the way to do it. It's wrong. You're actually putting more people at danger. You're increasing people's risk of fucking cancer. You're doing all sorts of, you know, causing all sorts of negative health benefits for people. People are eating bread and cereal and pasta and vegetable, you know, seed oils and processed foods and getting fucking systemic inflammation through their whole fucking bodies it's causing chronic illnesses and filling up our fucking hospitals and guess what those people who are filling up our hospitals are then fucking getting involved with the pharmaceutical companies who need to fucking give them the drugs to help them get better and this cycle fucking continues around and around and around and around and the information's out there and you have to be a fucking you you, you have to be a conspiracy theorist or a tinfoil hat person to be talking about it to be saying hey there's 
the information is there. Guys are telling you what works, what doesn't work, what we've been lied to about, how bad these other foods that people are eating their every single day diet are, and how good things like fucking fats, animal fats, you know, um, uh, and animal protein is for you. And it's just being it's being ignored, or it's just being yeah, like you know, it's not that big a deal. And the people telling you, hey, look at them, they're healthy, they're living fucking good, healthy fucking lives. These are the people who are, who have figured these things out, but it's not catching on with the mainstream and I just I can't help but think that that's all tied in together and it pisses me off sitting back and watching it it upsets me when I when I speak to family members who are unhealthy who have been told shit advice on what to eat by their doctors by their fat unhealthy doctors who know fuck all about health they know about the body they know about when you've got viruses and fucking what happens when you've got a broken bone and and especially you know i'm not and don't get me wrong the medical system does some amazing things if you break a fucking arm you need to go to the hospital you want those people there you need surgery you need to go to those people you want fucking certain medications to, to clear up fucking you know an infection you got whatever you need the hospital there the medical science is amazing but just your fucking physician, just your doctor, like it's they're not healthy. They're not they're not health advocates. They're there when you've got the fucking cold. They're there when you've got a flu. They're there when you fucking need to go get an X-ray. Like, and they're telling people what to eat, and you're like, what the fuck, dude? That's that's not that's been proven wrong. Like the last 10, 15, 20 years, that shit has been proven wrong, and they're still harping on about it. Oh, my fucking cereal for breakfast, and my oats in the morning, and a glass of orange juice, and I fucking eat, and I don't eat fucking fatty meats, and it's like, and I have a fucking cook everything in fucking canola oil and it's just it's wrong man it's just fucking wrong and it fucking pisses me off watching it <sighs> what did it how did i how did we go down that road i wasn't i had no rants planned in today's fucking podcast i probably just fucking had 10 listeners just switch off then because they just they, oh not this shit again and click out of it so i apologize i didn't mean to go down that rabbit hole again but it it upsets me and the people who get these information from their trusted sources you know the same people that fucking watch fucking free to air tv and game shows and listen to fucking commercial radio stations and and they just get all their information is you know tied up in the same package you know you're fucking watching interviews on fucking sunrise and fucking watching koshi on today and all this shit and it's like you're just getting the same information in the same feedback loops keeping everything all the interviews they do the stories they tell none of it's really fucking groundbreaking shit none of it's like world changing stuff it's like fucking it's simple news slash entertainment to keep people in a simple frame of mind nothing's changed nothing's out of the ordinary as you always have thought it is is how it is um don't change anything in your diets fucking listen to your doctor you know buy our fucking products yes you need these medications there's a new one every fucking month and it's just it upsets me because people are we're not a healthy fucking species and it's blatantly obvious to people who are taking their own health into their own hands you know what the major factors are and it's the information is not being passed on to people and if they don't get it from the right sources they won't listen so it's 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 frustrating to see because we're talking about people's health people's lives whether they're sick or not people you care about their longevity their quality of life you know these things fucking matter so it's upsetting to see that shit Anyway, on a fucking positive note, I went out diving for craze this week. Small negative, I didn't get any. I was, I sucked. I was no good. I was shit ass. But back to a positive. My brother-in-law is a fucking gun. My brother got 
too crazy. He knows where they all are. He knows where the fucking little holes are. He took me to the nursery, let me have a go at a few little baby ones, still couldn't get it right. I had heaps of breath hold anxiety, man. Hey, my breath hold was absolutely dog shit. So I'm not going to be able to catch anything until I can get that under control. And it's based, it's not a physical breath hold thing. It's a, it's a mental anxiety thing. I need to get that under control. And I'm only going to do that by time in the water and practicing, you know, watching some YouTube videos and get my breath hold back down. Last time I was in the water diving was a year ago. So, you know, that's not long enough. That's not enough frequency to be any good at doing it. But the, the positive again was that my brother's gun at it and, you know, got us onto – it was still beautiful swimming on that reef. The water was nice. Had a good time out there, good workout swimming around and got to eat crayfish afterwards. He, he, he gets, you know, fucking hell, he's, he's eating crayfish two or three times a week. I think he said he pulled fucking – I think he might have said he pulled 90 out of the ocean last year. Like, he's just all over it, man. He's a fucking gun. So that was good fun and it's given me something to kind of work towards while I'm here for the next month as well. I'm trying to get a little bit better at that and – at least have a chance of getting one of those crays because it was just embarrassingly, I was embarrassingly inept at it, put it that way. So, yeah. And that, well, before I get out of here, one last thing I've noticed about this fucking place is, well, man, how? <laughs> There's so many palms here and just, you know, being out the pubs and shit like that, having pub lunches, as, as I mentioned before, and there's just like packs of middle-aged English men dressed like they're 21 years old, like in pinks and pastel colours and fucking, you know, like white sneakers and fucking... It, it, fucking so weird. They look like their wives have dressed them up. What, what is it with that culture? They, they dress like middle... Like 50-year-old men. Their kids are like 20 and they're dressing like they're 20. The pinks and the pastels and the collars and the fucking white shoes and the fucking a lot of them have the fucking fake teeth and shit. It's like, what the fuck is with that group of people, man? And like, they travel in packs and shit. Fucking very weird, very odd to me. You it's not what you did not get that up in Port Hedland, and you did not get that up in Port Hedland. I need to move on from here soon. Go somewhere where I don't have to be around that because it makes me. Unexplainably angry There's no reason for me to get annoyed about that And what those people are doing with their lives and how they dress But it annoys me So I need to remove myself from the situation I think <sighs> Things that annoy me Things that annoy me I just Yeah I'm not a city Not a city dweller I am I'm over it here now I've got another fucking three or four weeks here or something Probably four weeks And I'm just over it man I'm over it I'm ready to go but it's fucking I'm ready to go in my mind and in my heart But we're not ready to go yet But you know At least I'm not back at work tomorrow Which was would be when I'll be starting work So I need to take some positives out of it Get more I think once I get a routine set I'll be okay I'm just Yeah A little bit up in the air at the moment But frustrated with being in the city But hey I'm in Quinn's Rocks It's not that bad I went for a swim in the ocean today It was beautiful I'm near the water it's, it's all good I'm house sitting a house On Quinns Beach In a couple of weeks So It's going to be alright It's going to be alright I just need to Find a bit of mm, A bit of what A bit of Consistency Yeah A bit of direction So Look I'm not going to take you out With a song today I really haven't been Listening to a lot of music Nothing new Nothing interesting That needs to change um, So I'm not going to bother um, I don't even know I've got no internet where I'm sitting right now Which is annoying So I don't even have an intro song I'm not going to put an intro song on I'm going to release this exactly as it is So episode number 173 um, We'll call it The Influencer Right? There's no song I'll call it The Influencer 
that was it. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you for your time. As always, I appreciate it. Um, make sure you get your friends onto it, get them listening, get them to follow the Facebook page, but more also, more importantly for me, the Instagram page, please. Those numbers are crawling up very, 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 very slowly. But I appreciate you guys listening and your support. Um, keep giving us, um, you know, uh, criticism, constructive criticism and feedback. I appreciate it. I always do. And thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Episode number 173, The Influencer. Over and out. Peace.